0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
1: Every time I hear that rejoin, I shudder, because there's zero chance Canty's Future wives, bridesmaids wanted him to hang out there for four hours when they asked him to deliver the soon to be bride to the restaurant. This is Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys. Matt, you would never do that, would you?
2: No, I wouldn't. But then again, you never know what circumstances are going to lead to. Like, take this moment right now. For people who don't know, I'm in Kentucky the internet has gone out in my house, which seems to happen to me an insane amount of times for an ESPN radio part-time host. I am now sitting out on a street in front of my house. The, my service inside of my house doesn't work for cell cards, so I have to come outside. I'm sitting on the sidewalk just staring straight ahead, doing ESPN radio. I wish someone could take a picture, but just so you know, sometimes circumstances lead to things happening, and so when you hear me, if you hear a dog or a car going by, that's
1: what's happening there. That's how dedicated to this craft that Matt Jones is, that he will go stand on a street corner in order to sports radio. That is that's professionalism. Exactly right. I wanted to make some joke about how I'm surprised Kentucky even has internet, but I, your fan following in Kentucky is stronger than like Beyonce's Bayhive, you know, so I don't even want to go there uh, with your fan. I love y'all uh, Kentuckians. <laughs> oh, but, I
2: like that you threw in a y'all there when you did it. I <laughs> love y'all. Placa-
1: I'm placating to your crowd. Look, our internet word you know
2: the internet in kentucky is run on coal and you know what it may we may not have gotten the delivery today so it's a little bit slower but don't worry i'm here i'm outside and as long as it doesn't start raining we're good for the next day apparently hour.
1: you have satellites in kentucky i uh, no internet but, but you have satellites so there you go so matt jones is still with us here you can tweet to us at ky sports radio that's him at amber w sports that's me we are in the midst of of preseason in the nfl preseason week one there was tons of storylines that came out of it so let's have a little fun with some of the bigger storylines that we learned from preseason week one and bring in our producer for a little preseason whip around what's up evan
3: yeah so bill's rookie punter that's right we're talking punters yep. matt Areza. or Ariza. not sure anyway okay. he <laughs> he hit a wildly impressive 82 yard punt Now, it was only a net of 62 because it went in the end zone. If you know anything about how touchbacks work, they take the yardage off. Anyway, how much of an advantage will the punch god, that's his nickname, have for the Bills this season, Amber?
1: This is actually a big thing because apparently the one area the Bills really needed to upgrade, which given they upgraded in a couple areas, uh, i.e., bringing in Von Miller, but the one area they really needed to upgrade for a very good Bills team was punter. Matt Hack was signed as a free agent in 2020 when he struggled through that inconsistent first season in Buffalo. They had long snapper issues as well. This is this is a big thing, Matt, to see a punter, a rookie punter, showing off for the Buffalo flow bills.
2: So I actually have a good friend that's a punter. He won the Ray Guy Award, Max Duffy. So I asked him, I said before I came on here, yeah, this is going to be a topic. Is this a big deal? He said that when he watched it, he was like, any punter in the NFL can kick at 82 yards. He goes, really, the issue here was that the returner was too far up, and so it went over his head. He said it was a great kick, but it wasn't like a record kick. It went 82 yards because the returner was in the wrong spot. So he actually blamed the returner more than gave the punter credit, although he did say that was a crushed punt, but it wasn't like something historic. It was more the returner's fault.
1: I had no idea until this moment that Matt Jones and I would crush punter analysis so hard i'm
2: very proud that's exactly right hey when you're friends with punters they tell you what punters do all the time look at mcafee pat mcafee punters only want to talk about punters
3: i do wonder if it's like a, a almost a schematic advantage too like on third down can josh allen scramble more and afford to take more sacks on third down to be aggressive because he knows it's not going to affect them on the punt because they do have this guy like that's where my brain went
1: Theoretically speaking, probably so, but Matt Jones kind of just took a flamethrower to your position. Yeah, I don't think he's that – he's not that much better than anybody
2: else. Yeah, I mean, he just kicked it – look, when you get in the NFL, all those punters can kick it pretty far. It's an easy job. I'm not buying it.
3: All right, the Jets, not great news for my Jets. They'll be without Zach Wilson for two to four weeks. He injured his right knee Friday night. The second-year quarterback will undergo arthroscopic surgery tomorrow. So here's my question as a Jets fan. Will the Jets know enough about Zach Wilson to move forward with him as their franchise quarterback by the end of this season, Matt Jones?
2: Yeah, they will. I mean, I think they're going to, you know, uh, well— I think they'll know that that, that he's good enough. If he doesn't have a great year, I I still don't think they're going to give up on him yet. I think you know these guys tend to get a third year. Look at Daniel Jones. He's gotten a fourth year. So I I think they will. But I do think they'll know because I do think he's good. I actually don't think, Amber, it was terrible news because if you watch the play, it looked like he was done. It looked like it was a non-contact injury. I assumed he was out for the entire year. And as I'm saying this, this couple just walked by with a baby stroller, Amber, and they see me yelling into this microphone, and they looked at, me like I was absolutely insane.
1: <laughs> Again, Matt Jones doing Canty and Carlin from a street corner somewhere in Kentucky Amber Wilson the and line. Matt Jones <laughs> filling in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Uh I will say that the Zach Wilson injury, now that we know that it's only two to four weeks, is not going to be prohibitive of them evaluating him this season. However, I kind of agree with Matt. I still don't think that they're necessarily going to know because I'm not sure the team around him is good enough for them to really know. Now, I think... That he'll be probably good enough where they're like, okay, maybe we have something. But the maybe we have something, as a Dolphins fan, I can tell you, is maybe the worst place to be. Because you can maybe we have something for, you know, yourself into Tannehill for seven years. Or you can maybe we have something into Tua for three years. If you maybe you have something, but you're never good enough to really know, but you're not bad enough, and he's not terrible enough for you to really move on, then you just end up in a Daniel Jones or a Sam Darnold type of situation, and that would be worst-case scenario for the Jets. So, Evan, I don't even know if you should be rooting for Zach to be just okay. He looked pretty bad, by the way, before that injury. That's the risk you run if he's just okay.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm worried. I'm not worried about like his he needs injury. To be awful. I'm or he worried. Needs to be excellent. I'm worried that, like, for the second time in in five years, the Jets would have wasted a top five pick on a quarterback that doesn't work out. Well, it's a risky run when what? you. Draft I want to know why five. babies keep <laughs> making appearances on our show today. Field Yates's baby was on. Baby walking by yeah, I mean, Matt I, Jones. I mean, we You had... should have
2: seen it. I mean, you should have seen this couple the way they were looking at me. They, I mean, because I guess I'm leaning against a telephone pole, sitting on the ground, talking into a microphone. <laughs> I mean, the, and I'm the, sure it looks the weird. Of
1: their baby. I mean, I, I would have been worried were. about the crazy man also talking into the I, I mean, microphone. And, also could, I baby.
2: and I speak loud. Like I say, people think I sound like doofenshmirtz. So, like, if you and if you don't hear that I'm talking to anyone, like you might really think I'm crazy because I just say something and then nobody responds to this because they can't hear you all so I must look like a lunatic you're right just now.
1: really passionate about NFL punters which makes you seem even more crazy
3: all right last yeah, one not here not... oh last one here No, the- I was
2: just gonna say I, yeah. I'm, I'm tweeting Sorry. out right now my picture at KY sports radio so that everybody can see this glamorous life right now but go ahead
3: Uh, So Baker I lost my train of thought I'm so distracted by the baby (laughs) Speaking of No I'm just kidding Baker Mayfield has the edge in the competition for starting quarterback job in Carolina but apparently Sam Darnold not backing down Mayfield started the game on Saturday he went 4 of 7 45 yards led the team to a field goal to open the game then Darnold came in after the team forced a fumble he threw a touchdown pass to Rashard Higgins so can either Mayfield or Darnold lead the Panthers to the playoffs? If
2: that's If that's towards me, the answer is no. Although I do think in the NFC, Amber, there's a lot. There are going to be one or two teams that aren't very good that make it just because there aren't a ton of great teams in the conference. I don't think it will be the Panthers. And the job is Baker's. I don't care what happens in the preseason. You don't bring Baker Mayfield in unless you give him the job. They know what Darnold was. He did it last year. So, no, they're not keeping him. And I must say it's about it is starting to rain out here, Amber. So things have gotten even (laughs) better.
1: Oh, man, worst case scenario is happening for Matt Jones right now. Uh, I hesitated because the way you set up the question was like either or like do I have to choose one to lead them to the playoffs or can I just say no they're not you going to lead no. them to the playoffs collectively particularly with this toggling act right now. I think that Baker maybe has the better opportunity to do so but I know that Sam Darnold had the better physical accolades coming out of college so who knows if they were utilized property or if Baker just found himself in a much better situation in Cleveland during those years coming up next a good old cat fight in Matt's hometown hopefully Matt will still be with us but he might be getting rained on that's next this is ESPN radio
0: passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, with all the parts you need.
4: Must be 21-plus plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Amber Wilson and Matt Jones filling in for the guys here on Canteen Carlin. Canteen Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. And there is news out of Matt Jones' neck of the woods in Kentucky. Because the Kentucky basketball program, the Kentucky football program, and the athletic director have all been making headlines this past week. Let's start with what started it all, which is the head coach of Kentucky's basketball team, John Calipari, he created quite the stir within his own athletic department and his own university. When he said that Kentucky is a basketball school, here was Calipari.
0: This is a basketball school. It's always been there. Alabama is a football school, so is Georgia. I mean, they are. Right. This is a, don't dis, our football team, I hope they win games in 10 games and go to bowls. At the end of the day, that makes my job easier, and it makes the job of all of us easier. But this is a basketball school.
1: Well, that comment didn't sit well with Mark Stoops, the head football coach for Kentucky. He immediately fired back on social media. He retweeted the quote from Calipari, Matt, and he wrote basketball school question mark. I thought we competed in the SEC hashtag four straight postseason wins. This beef ended up continuing on. But what did you make of it up to this point?
2: Well, Calipari screwed up when he said that. I mean, look, first of all, he didn't say anything that's wrong. That's not true. Kentucky is a basketball school, but. They have a football program, and a football program that's won 10 games two of the last three years, just for you know comparison's sake. They had not won 10 games in a season since 1977, and they've done it two of the last three years. So, and if you're Mark Stoops and you're in the SEC, where every school prefers football over basketball, except Kentucky... The one thing you always have to watch in recruiting is that people say, Ah, don't go there, it's a basketball school. So then when a coach in your athletic department says it, you're upset. Amber, I was shocked though that he put hashtag four straight postseason wins because that is a reference to the fact that Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. And so in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So these are two high-profile, well-paid coaches with big egos going public at each other. You know, I'm a Kentucky guy, so I'm wrapped up in it. I know these guys. Amber, from afar, when you saw that, did you think, oh, my goodness, this is insane? Like, you're not a Kentucky person. What did you think?
1: Well, the only reason that I thought that it was kind of ridiculous is because I guess I had gone to the experience. I went to Florida right now, Florida. I think we would all consider as a football school in SEC country. But I was also here, there during the years where it had a lot of attention on its basketball program because, oh, by the way, we will simu- we were simultaneously winning national championships in both basketball and and football. And so during those years in those mid 2000s years, we were both and we were able to be both. We were both a football school and a basketball school and that was okay and there was excitement all around both programs. And honestly, Matt, I felt like it elevated the whole entire school. Like it it wasn't like the foot like anybody from football needed to come out and be like, "Yeah, but we're a football school. That's why we need a new practice facility." It's like, "No, maybe we're also amazing that we need new practice facilities all around."
2: Yeah, by the way, again, I'm outside right now. While you were talking, a dog came up behind me and licked me while I was trying to do this, <laughs> which makes it – it was very scary, and I ended up almost uh, jumping while we were doing it. But well, we appreciate you back.
1: not cursing on the air. We do appreciate – now, but, I mean, the dog was just, to bite you, I still need you not to curse on the you air. You don't that's just – I rule. mean, I don't
2: know if – during Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, I don't think people are just randomly getting licked by dogs, but it happened here, and that's what's great about Candy and Carla. <laughs> Regardless, thank you very much, dog. Regardless – I think that where, 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 what made Mark Stoops mad is that Calipari said, yeah, you can win ten games and go to bowls, but we're a basketball school. It was almost like he was patting him on the head. But then it was tense, fans were taking sides, and Amber, then the athletic director came in and tried to fix it. And in the process, he not only didn't fix it, he made it to where I think Calipari and he may never get along again. Here's what he had to say. They don't have to fear the
4: administration. The administration has been right here the whole time, and we got a president that's been right here the whole time. It ain't changing. And they've been provided every opportunity to do the very things that they want to do to be successful. That isn't changing as long as I'm in the chair. We will have that support. And if that's not good enough, you know, coaches change a lot in today's world. They do. I cannot believe the athletic
2: director, Mitch Barnard. The athletic director at the University of Kentucky basically made a public statement that says, John Calipari, if you don't like it, we can get other coaches. I mean, that was shocking to me. Yes, UK, UK lost to St. Peter's the year before they didn't make the tournament. It's been a little down. But this is John Calipari. This is the guy who's put more people in the NBA than any college coach in the country. He's won a national championship. He's been to Final Fours. I cannot believe Amber. He gets up publicly and says, if you don't like it, we can get another coach. To me... That's going to be the legacy of this. It started as Calipari Stoops, but now it's AD versus Calipari, and I don't know how the two of them end up working together again.
1: Yeah, and we should mention that Kyler Perry comes out and he apologizes via Twitter statement, because, of course, uh, to Mark Stoops saying that I said the wrong thing, Mark and I will be fine. So they end up sort of trying to smooth things over in terms of their statements anyways. But I do think that's an interesting position from the AD. Obviously, you're talking about a coach, I mean, alluding anyways to a coach who has had all the success that he's had there. But I guess from the athletic director's perspective, first of all it helps your your job as an athletic director ain't just basketball your job isn't even when you're an ad of kentucky like your job as the athletic director is based on the success of every sport in your program and also your bottom line and how the financials look and how everything's managed and here it is with you have a coach of your basketball program trying to put pressure on the university because you want a new practice facility and so you're essentially taking shots at the athletic department saying you're not providing me what i need and it seems like for several reasons here barnhart is letting calipari know like you ain't the boss bro ultimately i am the boss like i'm in charge you have you go back to winning basketball games you have been provided everything that you need to be successful you've been successful in the past stop making excuses here for the last couple years and stop ripping down our other programs and doing so
2: i'm with all that except i can't believe you did it to john calipari i mean imagine like imagine if you're the ad at duke and you say, hey, Mike Krzyzewski, if you didn't like this, we can get other coaches. I mean, that's just unbelievable to say that to a guy like Cal. You know, it's, it's a line in the sand. I know John Perry, he'll never forget that. Ever, I mean that relationship is probably dead. So here we are in a season where Kentucky football's preseason top twenty for the first time since 1978, where the basketball team looks great and has a chance to win, you know, be a Final Four team, and yet all three, the two major coaches and the athletic director, all seem to be at odds and ready to wring each other's throat. It's absolutely insane. Just as it is insane that I'm sitting outside and now this dog will not stop staring at me while I'm trying to do this. Does show. the
1: dog have an owner? Doesn't the dog know we're trying to do a radio show here? Even if you are standing I'm on the scared corner of, dogs, of the street,
2: just so you know, are I'm you? scared of dogs. So I'm here oh, looking no. at this dog, like dog, please go away. Uh, I'm tra- no. this is this is national radio. You understand this is not a local show. Get out of here, dog.
1: Is this like a chihuahua? What are we talking about?
2: I don't. I don't know what. They're all scary to me. This one, oh, at goodness. least, it's not barking. But just stop looking at me, dog.
1: You know, earlier in the show, you were, you were you were questioning me as a person because I use a knife and fork to eat my pizza. I am now questioning you, as we all should for people who don't like dogs. Coming up next, though, on and Carlin, a top five NBA player is possibly considering retirement. Oh, that's the latest in a long line of wild stories out of the NBA. That's next here on ESPN Radio. <laughs> Amber Wilson and Matt Jones hanging out with you here on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson from her home, Matt Jones from the streets of Kentucky, quite literally. If you want to check it out, check out his Twitter account at ky Sports Radio, where he tweeted out a photo of himself doing Canty and Carlin from quite literally the streets of Kentucky. You can get at me on Twitter at Amber W Sports. Speaking of Twitter. Kevin Durant's always very active on Twitter. We will get to the latest with Kevin Durant's Twitter account in just a moment. But first, we're going to do a little something that we like to call get up and get down here on Canteen Carlin, which is where we take something that was set on get up each and every day and we, we, we react to it. Brian Winhorse, ESPN's NBA insider, was on get up. And speaking of KD, he discussed why the Nets haven't budged yet in moving him.
0: I think the Nets think they've got a good team. I think
2: they believe that they're healthier now, that they've added some defense, that Ben Simmons is going to come back and he might be able to play center and open up a whole new bunch of options for them. They think that they're going to have a good team. And they believe if they can't get a trade that keeps them at that level, why not just try to run it back? And even if Kevin Durant gets to the start of training camp and doesn't want to come because he's trying to still force that trade, they're still not ending the belief that they can still convince him. That's the bottom line. This is not a team that's tearing down looking to rebuild. This is a team that honestly believes, whether you think it's crazy or not, that they can compete for a championship this year. And so they're not going to yield. And they've made that position very clear.
1: So it's obvious that the Nets are in no hurry when it comes to trading Kevin Durant. How much of that is a desire to retain him? How much of that is because the market for him ain't what the Brooklyn Nets expected maybe it would be? And Wendy had mentioned there the possibility of a holdout, which was kind of a new thing to get thrown in there. This idea that maybe Kevin Durant wouldn't show up to training camp. Most people consider Kevin Durant so professional. Well, now, Matt, there's more. There is even more. Can you believe it, Matt? There's even more. I can't believe
2: there's more. What else has happened?
1: (laughs) So uh, Mark Stein of Bleacher Report had put out there that an NBA executive believes Kevin Durant is more likely to retire than to play for the Nets ever again. So now we're using words like hold out, retire, instead of playing for the Nets. KD, I mentioned he's very active on Twitter. KD, he fired up the old Twitter machine today. And he tweeted out just about one hour ago, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, I don't plan on retiring anyone soon. Bleep is comical at this point. That's what he put out there. So clearly... Bleep is comical. It's comical. So uh, clearly he's alluding to what Mark Stein said about potentially retiring. So he's denying the retirement rumors that might be out there. Then Mark Stein felt the need to go back at Kevin Durant. So Mark Stein then tweets out, During Summer League in Las Vegas, one of the most well-connected team executives I speak to regularly insisted to me that based on what he was hearing, KD was more apt to retire than play again for the Brooklyn Nets. That was in July. I told the tipster I couldn't believe it. I was a loyal subscriber to the theory that Durant loves playing basketball way too much to adopt such a stance. Now, more than a month later... Attaching the retirement word to Durant still comes across as hyperbole, but it is certainly getting easier to envision him refusing to report to training camp when the Nets get back together in six weeks for Media Day, which is September 26th, and their first practice of the new season, which is September 27th. So Mark Stein basically doubling down on what he said, that there is an executive out there that believes KD would maybe retire. What do you make of all of this, Matt Jones?
2: Well, first of all, I know in my life, And again, I I have to be careful not to cast stones because some of them will fall back and hit me. In my life, I've gotten in a bunch of Twitter spats. And and when I look back at it, the amount of Twitter spats I've gotten into is directly uh, proportional to how like happy or unhappy I am in my life. So I feel like the more Twitter spats I got in, the less happy I was. So Kevin Durant is constantly getting in Twitter spats. So what I think, first of all, Amber, is you are a multi, multi-million dollar athlete who's one of the best players to ever play it. Put the phone down, Kevin. Just put it down. Like, what do you care what Mark Stein says? I mean, Mark Stein, if he talks into the wind, what do you care? Like, move on. I don't understand... Why Kevin Durant is so fickle. And the same thing has to do with the main story. Yes, he doesn't want to play for Brooklyn now, but I think that could easily change. Things change with Kevin Durant day to day. If I'm the Nets, I take the exact view they're taking, which is I could have a pretty good team. Now, I've got three insanely fickle personalities with Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant. I'm not sure you could bank on three people that are less trustworthy. Nevertheless, it's what you got. And you're not going to get equal value for Kevin Durant, so don't give him up. He's not going to retire. I don't care what he says. He's not going to retire. He's not going to go out like this. So I hold on to him. I think at some point he will play, especially if the season starts and it's going on without him. I think the Nets are doing the right thing, and I think Kevin Durant needs to put his phone down, get to his happy place, maybe do some yoga, some meditation, maybe go out on the street and do a radio show, because that's a fun thing to do. (laughs) Anything but getting on social media and barking at people it's not a good look kevin and you're better than that
1: the radio show advice is very questionable advice but the rest (laughs) of it makes a lot of sense now i am not one who gets involved in twitter spats so don't come at me in my mentions you're going to be sorely disappointed i don't spend my life or my time or my energy like that but i will say although generally good advice i do understand why kd takes issue with this particular thing being said, because it's Mark Stein, because we're talking about a viable source, right? And journalists, we're not talking about Joe Schmo on Twitter. So I understand why maybe he would feel the need to publicly address some of these rumors that are swirling out there, particularly if apparently the sourcing is league executives. All of that being said, if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, what I'm doing is still trying to trade Kevin Durant and in the process, I'm pretending like I'm prepared to play with Kevin Durant this season. And I think that's what the Nets are doing because they're trying to up the market. So of course, they're going to tell everybody in the media, yes, we're moving forward with KD. We believe we have a championship team, which is exactly what Wendy said off the top. They believe they have a championship team. I think if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I am screaming that from every mountains up. I believe I have a championship team. I'll believe I'll be able to talk him into playing. We're going to move forward with this. Meanwhile, you're secretly trying to shop him the whole time. You're just running up the price, trying to but there's nothing like you can you're going to get for him.
2: Like there's no one you can get that makes sense salary cap wise that works. There is no trade where you're going to get value. I mean, the best option is like Russell Westbrook or or you know some package from Cleveland that includes Jared Allen, who you gave to them a couple years ago. I just don't see how it works. Keep him. I know, you made the mistake when you bet on Kyrie Irving. The problem is not Durant. The problem is Kyrie Irving, and it was James Harden. Bring Durant back. He's the most stable piece you have. Now, he's not stable, but he's more stable than the other two guys, and give it a shot because here's what's certain. If they trade him, they will not get better. They will be worse, and they will be basically be like when they got uh, Garnett and Pierce and Ray Allen. They're going to essentially be doing the same thing in a total rebuild. They might as well keep him because trading is not going to get them anything worthwhile.
1: They're not going to be able to trade player for player and get the same type of player in return or even players in return, but maybe draft capital-wise. If Rudy Gobert fetched five draft picks, they could do pretty well in that regard. You can't see how it works. I can't see how a radio show from the side of the road works. But here we are, Matt Jones, making things work on Canteen Carlin. Coming up next, we continue to make things work. And we end the show the only way that we do here on Canteen Carlin. Three and out is on the way next.
4: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And
1: Matt Jones is so committed to sports radio that he will do it even from the side of a road if that is what it takes. Now, Matt, his Internet went out in his home in Kentucky, which is where he was doing the show from. And he had no option but to apparently carry his equipment, his radio equipment outside because it can work off cell service. But it didn't actually work off cell service on his front stoop. He had to actually walk down streets in his neighborhood he has been attacked by a dog while we've been on air uh he has terrified a baby uh, also while we've been on air if you want to see a picture of it check out matt's twitter account at ky sports radio uh, listen i consider this very professional of you that you were just this dedicated to the craft
2: Look, I don't have a choice. When you're on National Radio with Amber Wilson, you got to make sure and do it as well as possible. Like right now, while I'm doing this, there's a man walking a dog down the street and the dog is looking at me like it wants a piece. Please stay over there, dog. Thank you very much. And it is not an easy way to do it. But you know what? This is what I like about radio. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, just a second ago, a motorcycle rode by and a guy gave me L's up, which is what Louisville fans do because they know I'm a Kentucky guy. This this is what it's all about. So, yeah, we could be in a studio, and we could be doing it normally. But now, Amber Wilson and I are, are making history here doing street radio the way they did back in the day before things were fancy. Amber, I'm glad to be a part of it with did you. Did
1: they ever do street radio? I'm not sure that was a thing. I feel like back in the day, <laughs> they were inside studios. Uh, now, you're doing street radio. Well, so this, this, is this is what it should be. new age.
2: I would but, listen to radio from the streets. Can you imagine if you would put, I don't know, Barton Hahn on the streets of New York yeah. City? and they had to do the show with stuff happening in the background, I'd listen every single time. I like street radio, and that's yes. what we're bringing you.
1: When people think about the streets, they certainly think about Matt Jones. So basically this guy rides by on a motorcycle, and essentially it's like an obscene gesture, right? If he's throwing up yeah. the L's for Louisville, that's the kind of, like you're being heckled while yeah. you're just on the side of the road trying to do your job. I don't know how that looks for you in that spot, though, because you probably kind of look like a crazy person with your headset on talking oh, to yourself. I look like
2: a crazy person. I mean, imagine you were walking down the street, and you saw a man sitting on the ground with a box that looks like it's you know used to co- communicate with aliens, and a headset on that has duct tape holding it together, and you just heard him screaming about Kevin Durant. You would get your family, and you would call the authorities, and I'm surprised nobody has done it yet.
1: It's especially the duct tape, because <laughs> what are we doing... With duct tape on our headphones, still like you well, have an invested. You work for ESPN. You have a wrestling company. You have your own radio show. Your own radio company. Like what are we doing? We haven't invested. I'm part time.
2: If I was full time, they would give me. They would give me headphones without duct tape. Part timers get <laughs> duct taped headphones.
1: You'd be so surprised. We are coming down the stretch here on Canty and Garland on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Matt Jones, we've been filling in for the guys today. We've had a lot of help doing that. We appreciate all of our guests for stopping by. Field Yates stopped by the show to give us the fantasy football advice. It is fantasy football season. It is upon us. We have all been waiting for it. It is here. Chris Canty also came by his own show. It's always nice when Canty decides to make an appearance, do a little work on his own show. He gave us about 10 minutes. So that was nice of him in a four-hour block. Spencer Hall, he also stopped by as well. Mina Kimes and Brian Windhorse stopped by too. So we appreciate all of the guests on today's show. And now it is time for us to go three and out.
2: Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out.
1: Pete Carrill, the Hall of Fame coach who brought notoriety to the Princeton offense during his 30-year tenure with the Tigers, passed away on Monday morning at the age of 92. Matt, I know you were passionate about this. I know that you look fondly on the Princeton offense. You were very sad to hear this news. Give us some thoughts.
2: Well, first of all, he's a legend of college basketball, and the Princeton offense revolutionized offense. I mean, the whole notion of cuts and, and sort of moving off screen. The NBA actually adopted a lot of that. Steve Kerr has talked about how sort of the way Golden State plays had derivatives of the Princeton offense. But he was also part of two of the most exciting games in NCAA tournament history and he was a 16 seed and they played one seed Georgetown took him right to the very end and nearly became the first 16 to win and then of course the win against UCLA in 96 when UCLA was the defending champion and it was a, it was fitting that it was on a backdoor cut, what he was known for Pete Carrillo was on the uh, staff of the Sacramento Kings under Rick Adelman after he retired at Princeton helped the Kings, used a lot of his philosophy as well, so a great coach and really a great figure in basketball whose influence has gone far beyond him and I, I i hope he and his family uh my prayers are with them because he was a person who was huge for the sport
1: yeah Corell led princeton to 13 regular season ivy league titles at a time when the conference didn't have a postseason tournament he won the nit in 75 defeating providence at msg they that was the big game at madison square garden uh, but it was his March nights in their 11 NCAA tournament bursts where he was featured as the frenzy coach prancing up and down the sideline as Princeton tried to outsmart and outsmarted superior opponents. Often he left a huge mark on college basketball and beyond like Matt just said. Hours after representatives of the Houston Astros hosted members of Texas's Yovaldi community for a pregame event on Sunday, Alex Bregman delivered on one young fan's request for a home run. Bregman's 16th homer came in the first inning off Cole Irvin and staked the Astros to a 2-0 lead over the Oakland A's. He said, as soon as I got into the dugout, manager Dusty Baker goes, hey, you hit one for Uvalde, said Bregman, who also contributed an RBI double in Houston's 6-3 victory. Just such a, a unbelievable and incredible and cool moment. I love when athletes do these sorts of things, deliver on these impossible promises to make, but he certainly delivered on his promise to that fan, Matt.
2: It is a great story all the way around. Like, uh, first of all, what a tragedy there. And often sports can be the thing that actually uplifts a community – you know, listen. When you when you promise a home run, that's something you can't know that's going to happen. I always think of the Seinfeld episode with Paul O'Neill on that. But then they did it. The fact that they did it, that they actually were able to hit a home run, it, it feels like it's almost fate. So very cool. And for a franchise that has had such negative publicity for so long, really a neat feel good story on a, uh, in the middle of the week.
1: Yeah, that's the kind of story that sports is about. What an unbelievable moment! Finally, here in Chicago for a promotional event, Giannis Antetokounmpo was asked by Fox 32 Chicago about the potential of playing for the Chicago Bulls at some point in the future. He reiterated his comment, his, his commitment right now to the Bucks, but he gave sort of an interesting answer when it came to maybe playing for the Bulls one day. Here was Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think uh, anybody who asked that question uh, that plays basketball, if he said no, he would be... You'd be a liar, you know. Uh, it's a team that won uh, multiple championships. It's a team that one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player, to ever play this game played for. So, it's it's it's, it's a no-brainer. Everybody would love to play for Chicago. But down the line, you you never know. You know, you never know how life brings it. Maybe maybe I'll play for Chicago, but uh, right now I'm committed to Milwaukee. I don't make a ton about this because I feel like he's just placating to the Chicago crowd. But I did think in that bite mat, it was really funny that he called Michael Jordan one of the greatest players, and then quickly caught himself and felt the need to say, if not the greatest player, because he didn't want everybody coming at him, as mentions." That was smart work by Giannis.
2: The biggest thing I saw with this story is Giannis has now hit the point where anything he says is a story. And that's how you know you're a big star, right? Like when you can make a comment that's really kind of like, hey, it's nice to be here. I'm a wrestling fan. Oftentimes the good guy in wrestling, the face comes out and goes, it's great to be here in Bloomington or wherever they are. I sort of saw that as this, like, it's great to be here in Chicago. Sure, I'd love to play here. But now he's such a big star that even when he says that, we have to discuss it. That's how you know Giannis has made it. It's amazing. He's an unbelievable player, but now he's a bona fide celebrity so that even random comments like this become national stories.
1: This was a lot more of a story before he signed his max extension there, right? But once he did that, we're like, okay, here's a guy who doesn't mind staying in this small market, and we've seen that numerous times. Not everybody's chasing the bright lights, and he didn't need to chase the bright lights in order to win a championship, so by staying in Milwaukee, he essentially chased a championship uh, Giannis seems content where he is right now I'm sure like is it conceivable Giannis leaves at some point in the future but he's never been pegged as a player who's itching to do that obviously the Bucks have set him up for success the Bucks have given him what he needs to compete and continue to do so the problem with the Bucks this season was health coming up next the very very healthy Spain and Fitz this is Amber. ESPN radio